Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Hey, what's up, listeners, and welcome to Open Channel, a Star Trek community podcast. I'm your host, Chris Littlefield, and I have a special surprise last-minute guest, Jay Deuce, who is an Open Channel listener and the host of Sci-Fi Haven. And they're here with me today to talk about Scavengers, the sixth episode of Discovery Season 3. Jay, how's it going? It's going good. I want to thank you very much for letting me come on today. I was actually quite surprised to get your message this morning, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so I'll I'll be honest, Suzanne Williamson was originally going to be my guest oh, and I love she Suzanne. of course Yeah, she's amazing. She hosts the Janeway and Boldly Go, which is the she's a co host of those which is the uh uh, Strange New Worlds and Voyager shows, but she had an asthma attack and is not feeling very well. And I, I have asthma too, so I understand what that's like, and I hope that she feels better soon. Yeah, I hope so too. And Suzanne, I know you'll probably be listening to this. I do hope you feel better soon very much. Yeah, and so I thought, well, let me ask Jay, because we've kind of sort of communicated back and forth a little bit the last couple weeks, and you know, with some big news that you had for yourself. And I thought, well, let me bring them on and just and let's let's hang out and talk and read the comments and, and discuss. Absolutely. Well, I was I'm happy to I'm happy to help you out. And once again, actually, I, I want to thank you and Brittany and Dan for all three of you for the last oh. two episodes, because it means a lot to me a lot, like more than you guys can imagine. Well, <laughs> I can't start off the episode crying. Um, <laughs> well, come on. That's what Discovery is all about is crying. Oh, as God, you, as I know. you saw in the comments. I know. Um, do you want to tell the listeners real quick in case they don't know what kind of happened the last few weeks? Absolutely. Well, a couple of weeks ago, actually, October 16th, um, it's actually that was a special day on two different fronts. October 16th was the day that I came out to my best friend. Uh, showing that I was non-binary. And with that, it was a great deal of pressure off my off my shoulders because I'd been feeling it for quite a while, but I hadn't told anybody whatsoever. But then also, the same day, and I actually didn't realize it until a week ago, that it was the same day, was, was when I launched my own podcast as well. And I actually have a special coming out episode which I dedicated to... Uh, open channel track. <laughs> oh my! Oh my God! <laughs> you look like you're crying. I'm so sorry. It's misty. It's no. It's good. It's good. Yeah. That's that's incredible. I'm I'm humbled and honored to to be a part of of your small part of your your journey and your story. Yeah. Well, um, I want to like my friends are the ones who helped me through this, and I know we barely talk, Chris. Like other than recently over the last couple of weeks. But I, I consider you to be a close friend myself. And oh. that's why I, I told you and Dan um, almost the day I came out. Yeah, that, well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, oh, well, thanks, Chad. Well, I, I just want to reiterate that I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I know what a huge deal it is to finally have the guts to speak your truth about who you are. And I mean, I came out as gay, you know, 
20 years ago, over 20 years, just over 20 years ago. So um, I, I think it's huge. It's a huge step. It's incredible. And I think that the fact that it revolves around Star Trek and the, the fandom is, is, is so special and wonderful. Well, we can thank Gray and uh, Adira for that. Right. <laughs> for myself, yeah. at least. All right. Well, before I lose my shit, I'm going to <laughs> listeners. Uh, this is uh, this show is all about reading and discussing your comments on every new Trek episode. And if you want to join the open channel conversation, type the Nexus into the search field. You can join Hollow Sweet Media's listeners group, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Open Channel Trek. And what happens is I will I will post uh, an open channel conversation thread when each new episode drops, and then you have a few days to leave your comments and chat, and then I curate them. And then I have a guest on like Jay here and we read and discuss them. So, you know, keep in mind that comments might be edited for time. Sometimes people get a little verbose, which is totally cool. But that means that I will not probably not read all of your comments. <laughs> I actually could say that for 100% because I had left a pretty lengthy comment. I think it was episode two or episode three. My first time being like ever being commented. And I think you took. 25% of what I said, but I laughed so much, like, oh. <laughs> but you know what, it's all, like, it, there was enough of a discussion in there that, well, I was happy with what was said, and se- same with the rest of the network, I think. Nice. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get to it. Go for it, Jay. Absolutely. So the first comment is from Patrick Harlan, um, and he said, the moment when they answer the signal from book and grudge is right there by the camera, that is something every cat person can relate to. And I absolutely love the scenes with her and Tilly later on too. Yeah, grudge is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I, I absolutely love the interaction there because, well, I didn't know if you knew this or not, but I actually have a small cat of my own. I um, didn't know that. Yeah, and that's why I was like, I actually sent you a message uh, over Facebook. I was like, I wonder if he knew that he, that I have a cat. No. <laughs> and that was why I got that comment. I was just curious, but I was like, oh, well, that's that's an awesome comment to start with. What's what's your cat's name? Isma. Isma? Yep. Interesting name. Yeah. What's it? What's that from? Uh, it's actually from. Uh, what's the? It is. Uh, what's some? It's a Disney movie. It's uh. Uh, Emperor's New Groove. Oh, okay. Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while too, so. Well, thanks for your comment, Patrick. And Daniel Huckfield says, Another strong episode with loads going on. Loved the comedic side of Linus and the Transporter. Just a great touch. Also loved the mention of self... Ah, I knew I was going to mess this up. Also loved the mention of self-sealing stem bolts. This season is getting better and better, and I am loving the ride. Yeah, this season is getting better and better. And so you do you remember, Jay, the self-sealing self, self stem bolts from DS9? I do. The Nog J Consortium, I want to say. I guess we'll so, to, yeah. We'll have to get the uh, the Vedex on to... Right. To uh, double check that, but uh, Brandy had to remind me what what that was from uh, when we recorded what the future holds yesterday. Which will, if you're listening today, which is Monday, it will come out tomorrow on Tuesday. Oh, good to know. I'll check. I'll make sure to check that one. That episode. I think I'm a few episodes behind on that on that series. Yeah, uh, we we get into it. We get deep. We talk a lot. <laughs> All right. So it looks like the next episode came from 
our next comment, sorry, came from Twitter, and it came from Rebecca Skipper, and she wrote that she loved the character moments but wanted to cry when Saru demoted Burnham. I'm not the only one. I'm glad I'm not the only one who was crying there. <laughs> and Rebecca did continue to write, saying, I feel his pain. Burnham doesn't belong on the Discovery. She needs her own ship and crew to discover the burn, a worthwhile mission on a, her on its own. Okay, so yes, it it's, it's I well, I mean, I definitely think Saru did the right thing, and I just uh, uh okay, I'm Jay, I'm so torn with this episode, and again, I talk about this in length on what the future hold. I felt like it was a therapy session because I'm like, dang it, Michael, I love her so much, and yet. Saru did the right thing. She did screw up, but also her motives were in the right place. But like, I don't know that I would go so far as to say that she doesn't belong on the Discovery. I just, I don't know. She's still, she's finding who she is again. You know, what do you think? Uh, you know, I, I'm. Uh, it's a tough question for me to think about that as well. But you know, I'm. I was actually thinking that well, we were introduced to the USS Nog. We right. were also introduced to the to the. The Voyager J. Was it the J? Yeah, it was the J. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking perhaps Burnham is actually going to be going over there because they didn't name drop all the ships that they mentioned when they were sending them out during the round table. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know, though. If she's been demoted, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking maybe maybe she'll, she'll leave Discovery and join one of the one of them and they'll use her experience. That's Maybe my, that's that's what that was my guess, especially after seeing it for the second time, which I only finished watching it fifteen minutes before we started recording. Okay, yeah, I did get to watch it twice. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Meanwhile, Baz Greenland says, "Good episode again. A really high standard this season. Feels like a different show. The rescue mission was fun, but the best stuff was back at Starfleet. I agree." The maturity of Tilly, as she told Saru, let Vance know about Michael. Hmm. Really demonstrated her maturity and growth. I would completely agree with what Baz wrote there. Like, 100%. Like, that's something that I think shows that she's not going to be an ancient for her entire career. She was great. I mean, I loved her conversation with Saru. I thought it picked up from where they left off in episode two and i i was so impressed with with tilly absolutely all right so paloma bennett i wrote seeing stamets and adira bond was so sweet they have a lot of similarities falcons all my favorite star trek aliens so i can't wait for next week's episode michael should be able to connect with them since sarah can spark our family she's the perfect combination of vulcan and humanity hmm so okay like, I like, Paloma, that you're you are on the more praising side of Michael right now because a lot of people are not this week. And yes, Stamets and Adira bonding is so great. Like, I love that the queers are all bonding and we've got this, we've got such a little queer starship. It's so great. And I, I really loved their interactions. I thought it was nice. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that 100%. Um, I think, I think it was you posted it on Twitter. I think, or maybe at least you retweeted it about how they're all one giant family. Yes. And. Well, oh my God. I have to find this tweet. Hold on. Is, was it like yesterday? Yes, it was. 
Okay, I'm going to find it right now and read it, listeners, because it's that good. So there was a uh, a person posted on Twitter. It's uh, at Guru Trek. The Star Trek guru said, Sometimes a family can be a gay mushroom man, his gay zombie husband, a non-binary worm child, and their trans ghost worm boyfriend. And I tweeted, I, I tweeted back and said, it's my kind of family. <laughs> well, well, we all all one big family, so. Yeah, I love it. I like it. I like it a lot. And I like that Stamets and Gray have some similar personality traits. I've never noticed that, actually, until you just mentioned that. I... Well, because remember when we first met Gray, he was he was a little bit, I, I don't know about arrogant, but he was very sure of himself. And kind of teased Adira a little bit, and Stamets kind of has the same vibe going on. Oh, okay, yeah, I completely I completely see that now. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that also I was actually thinking about it is um, how uh, Paloma mentioned that, that Michael is the perfect combination of Vulcan and humanity. Mm-hmm. I was actually thinking back also, like I just thought of this also, uh, to Re- Rebecca's comment that I already mentioned. Um, I'm. Th- I was almost thinking that be- it was because of Spock that why she got promoted to chief science officer from first officer, like to to match her brother. Hmm. Yeah. I just, I just actually just connected the dots as we as we're recording. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to see if that goes any further by rewatching, uh, rewatching season two again. Yeah. Hmm. Well, our friend Karen Hasha over in Germany says. Wait, wait, wait. Why the hell is Michael taking off her badge? WTF are you doing, Michael? This episode broke my heart. There was no right thing for Michael to do. Well, I mean, Karen, maybe. Uh, She says, I know Admiral Vance said he might have to let her go, but since Saru told her not to ask him, she was basically fucked. She had a choice between disobeying orders or abandoning the man she loves. No, not loves, lives. (laughs) Yep. That's me adding that in. What would any of us have done? For the record, I cried again. That's every episode this season. Yeah, I mean, again, and I talk about this also on What the Future Holds, but Discovery gives us these circumstances into which we have conflicting truths that exist simultaneously. So what Saru did and said in his perspective is totally valid, and I completely see and agree with him. As well as Michael, like her perspective is totally valid too. You know, did she was she insubordinate? Did she, you know, break his trust? Yes, but she was also going after things to help save the Federation and solve the mysteries and find the man that she lives. I mean, loves. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's a lie. I think the the Jay the problem I had with well, it's, I don't know that it's a problem, but the biggest issue I had with this episode is that it really triggered me. It made me think a lot of uncomfortable things that I didn't really want to deal with. And then now I have to deal with these things. And maybe it wasn't so much that I'm disappointed in the episode or the characters, but it's like these type of situations really make me do a lot of self-reflecting. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Like, um, I actually, it's kind of, kind of actually one of my comments to uh, Karen's thread actually is very much self-reflecting as well, because I wrote, I wrote to Karen that, I'm glad that she's not the only one who was crying as well because I hadn't seen the comment on, on uh, Twitter earlier. 
Uh, but also, as I wrote on there, and I'm just actually going to read out my comment since it's, sure. uh, it's here. It's, Everyone heard my story last week about how I am accepting the troll as part of who I am. Well, any a scene with the Tars, Adira and Grey, makes me cry like a weeping angel from Doctor Who. I'm just glad it doesn't <laughs> have me end up freezing when somebody sees me, because I would be crying all the time when I'm watching season three. Yeah, it's a it's this is a very emotionally this is an emotional season so far. Yeah, don't even get me started on how many times I've cried. And with one of my best friends, we watched um we watched uh the Grey what was Shades of Grey was the episode, I believe. Or was that the show title? That, that was my show title. So the episode was uh Forget Me Not. Forget Me Not, yeah. So me and my best friend we watched Forget Me Not and I'm actually not sure if me or my friend which one of us cried more. <laughs> uh, that one I lost my shit. <laughs> I did not cry yeah. in this episode, and I did not cry in episode two. Those are the two that I have not yet shed a tear during. But I may on a rewatch. The rewatches move me in a different way, usually. Yeah, I've noticed that myself, too. All right, so th- the next comment looks like it came from Kez Ch- Chupilis? Mm-hmm. Formerly Karen, but she switched Formerly her name Karen? from Karen to Kez because of, you know, people calling people Karens and don't be such a Karen and all of that. <laughs> All right, well, that's good to know about some of our audience here. <laughs> and, well, uh, Kez wrote, Okay, I'm calling it now. I think Joju killed the mirror universe, Michael, and she repressed it or something, and either Mr. Glasses did something to her or just their whole conversation and being with someone as manipulative as her and or finding out there was never any chance of going back now has triggered these episodes. See, I recall Michael saying in the records Michael was missing, and that's why her cover story was looking for Lorca when she walked into the palace. But I also recall Joju saying something like, I saw Michael die. I don't recall the exact words, but something to that effect. Somehow this makes me think that it is mere Michael's body in Joju's flashbacks, or someone else killed her and she found out, but then I don't know why she would be missing uh, would be entered into the records. I think she covered it up because she loved Michael so much and can't accept it. P.S. I'm calling the Orion the Green Ramsey Borton. <laughs> okay. So, Karen, yeah, so you're you're totally right. Yeah, there was the first we found out that Burnham, Mirror Universe Michael was missing, and then there was a moment where Giorgio did say something about how she saw her die. So I don't know. It could very possibly be Mirror Universe Michael in the flashback. One thing I wasn't sure like, from both rewatches is like, and maybe Chris, you can answer this question for me. Was it a, was it a, what's the word I'm looking for? An actual, like a new recorded scene or was it a flashback from season one? I think it's from I think it's it's not it's not a flashback from season one. It's new information. So okay. to me, I feel like it's something repressed on Giorgio's part that it's it's information that we don't know. So we've got like the mystery of the burn, which is interesting. But this one to me is more so because it's something about Giorgio that we don't know. It's a memory that we're not aware of. That's yeah. what I gather. OK, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Like- I can definitely see that. Okay. And she did say San in the memories, S-A-N. 
Yeah, I, I confirmed that on using Crave TV. Right. So, so the subtitles, I thought I thought it was sun at first, but it's san. So in Chinese, that means like three. And then like in Korean, it means like Mr. or Mrs. So I don't know if any of that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means. That's that's interesting. Well, the more we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. I'm going to try this name and I'm going to try and say it right. And you correct me if I'm wrong. But Karen Hui, did I get it? Did I get it, Karen? Of course, you said I could also say Kern, but I want to say it right. So is Karen right? He says, Doug Jones puts on a stellar performance where you can just feel Saru's emotions in that heartbreaking closing scene with Michael. Will the upgraded Discovery have seatbelts or maybe programmable matter seat restraints? Ooh. The only bummer about the episode is we'll have to wait another week before we see the ship in action in all its retrofitted glory. So yeah, we have a Discovery 1031A now and lots of new tricks and toys. Absolutely. Yeah, and with the seatbelts, the first thing actually when I read that comment, the very first thing I thought of was uh, Star Trek Beyond with the seatbelts in... Oh, why can't I remember the starship now from Beyond? Uh, the, the the ship that had Franklin. crashed. Yes, the Franklin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had those seatbelts, so maybe finally it took 930 years, but maybe finally they're back. Belinda, if you're listening, Captain Pikachu on Twitter... This could be the answer now that you've been looking for for the OSHA violations in Starfleet. We could have programmable matter seat restraints now. Would that make you happy, Belinda? Let me know. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, Saru was great, of course. Doug, Doug Jones was awesome. Doug Jones is awesome every episode. I, I don't think I've ever seen something that Doug Jones isn't awesome in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, so the next comment comes from Nicholas Paul Collinson, and I see his name quite frequently, so he's very popular with us here well, in yes. the Nexus. So Nick Nick is one of the hosts of the Vedic Assembly also. Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. why I recognize the name so, yeah. so much. Um, but yeah, so um, his comment was, oh my God, the Le Guin. They referenced a ship called the Le Guin. I'm so happy. My favorite author represented in Star Trek canon. This was a very good episode. Probably the mo- the best, more standalone episode of Discovery so far. I'm really liking the Discovery A refit. It was time for a little update, and it looks rad. Not a huge fan of the detached nacelles, but the rest looks good. I'm really pleasantly surprised that Michael suffered consequences for her insub- insubordination. I feel like in previous truck series, this would have resulted in a slap on the wrist and a stern lecture. Yay for serialized storytelling and character development. Hmm. So yeah, Le Guin, a very famous sci-fi author. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah, when I actually saw the Le Guin on the subtitles, because I always watch uh, the shows with subtitles, I actually thought that it was a typo and they were referencing Guinan. Oh, 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 that would be a really deep cut. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a mistake with the uh, subtitles when I first before I actually listened to the audio, and I was like, oh. Yeah, they actually said the Le Guin. They didn't say Guinan. Now, sort of related, there was the postulation by Brandy and Dave on what the future holds that Mr. Glasses, as Karen says, could possibly be an Alorian. I heard that. Uh, was it this week's episode that, that just recorded or was it last week's? I, um, it was last week's. 
Okay, so that was what, because I remember hearing I remember hearing that, and I was like, that would make absolute sense. I'd love it. Yeah, and also with Mister Glasses, um, I actually just was reading back on the comments from last week, and I agree with your comments of when you said that he thinks that he would like his um, flickering of his eyes, like his rapid blinking, uh, is actually what caused the holograms to go out. So. Hmm. All right, well, we do have a couple of questions and concerns, including one of our newest commenters and then someone we haven't heard from in a while. So, Jay, go ahead and get us going. All right, so um, the first comment is from Matthew Mavis. This show is either about Discovery or about Burnham. They need to figure that out. Burnham does not belong in a rank-and-file organization like Starfleet. So as long as she's there, you aren't just going to have an ensemble cast show. Plus, she's... Uh, chafed against it since season one and does her best work when she's rolling solo. Okay, let's unpack this comment for a minute, Jay. So, of course. Matthew, 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 Matthew. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate your, your comments. This is the one that I chose to, to, to uh, read because the show, you, you say this show is either about Discovery or about Burnham. They need to figure that out. No, they don't. The show is about both. It's first and foremost about Burnham because she is the lead character. And the show has been more about Burnham longer than it's been about the Discovery because we've seen Burnham since episode one and we didn't see Discovery and her crew until episode three. Michael is the lead character. It's about her. She's going to be the main focus. And it is also about Discovery and her crew and their adventures. I don't think they, I think they don't have anything to figure it out. They have figured it out. Yeah, I would agree with that one because if you look at it, uh, look at Deep Space Nine. Uh, so the main, the main focus was Benjamin Sisko. Right. And, well, we had uh, in, I think it was, was season five, I believe it was, we had seven or eight episodes where they were on the Federation Starbase because it came back, it went back to Terahawk Noah. I don't remember what the Federation Starbase was. I would laugh if it was 47, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but it would be like, the focus was uh, was both. It yeah. was Deep Space Nine, and it was Cisco, the emissary. Yeah, she's the main character. That's it. And yes, it is still an ensemble cast show, but Michael is 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 the lead. And it's just like saying... You know, Star Trek needs to make up its mind. Is it about Kirk or is it about the Enterprise? The answer is yes. Kirk is the main character and the show is about the ship, the Enterprise, you know? So I, this, this criticism, I just don't understand this criticism. And I appreciate your thoughts, Matthew, but I, I don't agree with them. I think they're about both. And I think that it's been clear that it's been about both since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Like you mentioned already, um, we didn't see Discovery till uh, the third episode of the first season. And well, this season, uh, Discovery, other than the flashback to uh, like the, the pre-jump, there was, uh, we didn't see Discovery at all in the first episode of this season at all either. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It started off like the first season did with Michael being the focus. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Matthew, those are my thoughts. That's what I think. I think it's that that's how that's how i feel so um thanks again for your your comments and oh nielsen i believe is a lieutenant you asked in the thread i believe it's lieutenant nielsen and uh, yes and, it is lieutenant nielsen and you talked about people we've seen at the con we also saw we've also seen reese at the con uh burnham put reese 
uh, or on commanding the bridge. We saw Reese being put in charge of the bridge from Burnham. Yes, um, I actually, yeah, that was um, that was last episode, I believe. Yeah, and I trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and Mark Rodriguez is back. Welcome back, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> He was Amy Nelson's negative Nelly on the postcard show before I took that over on the other network. So I remember, I remember because I listen to postcards all the time. So. Oh, yeah. And Mark lives right across the water from me. Oh, he nice. says, I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. However, I am troubled that both Burnham and Discovery's fans are forgetting just how evil and murderous Giorgio is. Millions were murdered at her command. If Mirror Mirror showed that one captain could easily erase an entire civilization from just one mission, imagine how many were killed at Giorgio's direction during her rule. Think of how ruthless she would have to be to reach her position. So, while she has feelings for Burnham and has helped Discovery, we must, and Burnham too, remember who she is. That being said, the character of Giorgio is amazing and Michelle Yeoh is killing it. (laughs) Totally valid, I mean... It, we're kind of, I mean, we love her, but she's a murderer. Uh, you know, she's not done good stuff. Well, just think about Captain Kelly, um, from when they were in the Mirror Universe. Like, just how much of a difference um, that Ancient Tilly had to do when she was uh, in charge of the ISS Discovery. So it's a good, it's a good. Um, chance to look in the mirror per se interesting yeah because we actually we never actually saw except for in the first episode or second first two episodes we never actually got to see prime um i kept uh prime georgia and so it's hard to actually really say how much how different the characters really are because we only saw two hours worth of prime georgia and now we've seen Two and a half years. I think they're pretty different. I I think we get a really clear idea of who Prime Giorgio is, especially with the interaction when she met Saru and brought him aboard the Archimedes. And but but you're right, we don't get too much about her. I will say that it's I like I like a redemption arc, you know. Yeah, she's bad. She's been bad. But I like I like an arc to where we, we care about her a little bit more. And and maybe she can be better. Yeah. All right. Good comments this episode so far. We just have a couple of final thoughts. So go for it. Absolutely. So uh, the first one is from Kirsty Keen. And... Kirsty wrote, I really enjoyed this one. A strong episode. I love the little comedic touch with Linus being unable to work his badge correctly. It's always good to see grunts. Michael is once again facing the consequences of her actions. Drew's disappointment in her was palpable. Interested to see what comes next. Nice, Kirsty. Yeah, Linus was cute. That was funny. <laughs> I love Linus. I know. He's one of my favorite, uh, favorite um, background actors. Or background characters, I should say. Yeah, you know he was in the season premiere of right. Also, he was the alien that oh I can't remember the name that book was talking to when he was flying the ship. Oh, before yes. Burnham crashed into him. Yes. Yeah, same actor. I forgot. No, I forgot his name. He's very handsome. 
Um, yeah, Kirsty, the thing is, it's Michael is once again facing the consequences, and that's the thing with me. Once again, you know, and I get she has an entire year that nobody else has into which her character has changed. So this is different this time, but it is another example. And we have J.J. Becker, Resto Mod Starship. I just want to talk about cats. Grudge is my new favorite furry space friend. Sorry, Porthos. Space Age swap meet with rusty old binna badges. I'd buy a few of those for 50 cents each. Yes, and speaking of classics with all original parts, Philippa, I love you too. You've come a long way, baby. Yes, and speaking of personal growth, I'd like to see more of Stamets. In Andromeda parlance, the Stamets is good. Paul and Adira friendship, so much yes. And Burnham, poor sweet Burnham. Quote, taking a dive because you can't halt the slide. Floating downstream, it's a living thing. It's a terrible thing to lose. End quote. That last bit was ELO, but you get the drift. This is a thank you, JJ, but I don't get it. I don't think I know. It's a song, clearly, right? It is a song. I just I, I had to look it up after when I saw it. Okay. It's from Electric Light Orchestra. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I will look it up, and I'm sorry, JJ, if you were expecting me to sing it, but I did not do the research. But I love Resto Mod. I did look up Resto Mod. So that I do know. It's like restoration and modification. Like there are resto mod cars and such. So that was cool. And also very eloquent as usual. JJ. You know, one thing I was thinking with JJ's comments was, you know, we should do a we should have a poll put up on onto the Nexus. Who who's a better uh side character, Grudge or Porthos? Oh man. Huh. We could do that. We could do that. Or we could tweet it. We could do that. I would go with... I feel like I haven't seen enough of Grudge yet. Well, I'm a cat person, so I would automatically pick Grudge, but that's just me. <laughs> I am I have a dog um, that I love very much, and I'm a dog person, but I also do love cats. So I'm, I'm much more of a dog person, but I don't dislike cats. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. So, Jay, what'd you think about everybody's comments? I absolutely love them. Uh, I actually wanted to comment a lot more throughout the, throughout the thread uh, for this week's episode, but I had to actually restrain myself because it was quite quite a bit I wanted to say. But then, what? Because you asked me this morning if I would uh, come in for the recording, I was like, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to comment on every single thread because I was I was going to do that. Like you I can really still felt do like that. I was going to. Yeah, you can still do it. It's still up. It's not going anywhere. And you can also share more of the th- those thoughts right here too, if you want. Absolutely. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to have like a, a two hour episode, two hour <laughs> episode on the on our podcast for a forty two minute episode. That's what we do on what the future holds. This one's usually a little shorter. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Jay, thanks again for coming in and being a great fill-in for Suzanne. I'm it's really great to get to chat with you and to have you as a guest. Absolutely. And please tell our listeners where they can find you. All right. Well at, as mentioned at the start of the show, I am the host of my own podcast. It's called Sci-Fi Haven. We are a sci-fi review show which I host every single week. I try to put up one episode a week. Um 
you can find my podcast over on Twitter at sci-fi underscore haven. Um, quite often you actually see comments that are either linked to Open Channel Track or to uh, my friends over at the Haven Chronicles, which I do a review for their, their audio drama every single week within two days of it being recorded. And of course, uh, with Sci-Fi Haven, I am on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and even on TikTok. TikTok, you do the TikTok. I do. I do not. <laughs> it's fun, so and it's only it's limited to to sixty seconds. So it's kind of like what can you say in sixty seconds without going overboard? So mm, interesting. Well, thanks again for being here. And again, I'm very honored that you have shared your personal story with us, and I'm happy for you and I'm proud of you. And congratulations. Thank you very much, Chris. You can join the Open Channel conversation on Twitter and Facebook by following us at Open Channel Trek and by joining our listeners group on Facebook by typing The Nexus into the search field. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at CD Littlefield. Keep an eye out for my Open Channel conversation threads on Facebook and Twitter, which I will post every Thursday right before each new Star Trek episode drops. Thanks for listening to Open Channel. Channel Open, standing by. Yeah, I am on episode seven, so okay, out of nine, so <laughs> you're on seven of nine. Yeah, great. That was not that wasn't supposed to be a joke, but hey, it's a good reference. <laughs> <laughs> this show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. Computer list other available Hollow Sweet Media programs. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. I did kind of like the idea that he had the armory to work in. That was like his main mm-hmm. his main workspace, I guess. I found that quite different and that excited me. I think they kind of moved away from that a little bit as the show went on. Yeah, as we went on. It definitely appeared more in the first season, I think, and maybe the second than it did the later ones. Did you ever become attached to Malcolm as a character? I wouldn't necessarily say attached, but I always I enjoyed mo- most of the the times that he was on screen and interacting with the rest of the crew. For me, I was I was more attached to Trip. So yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it makes sense that you and I are doing a podcast together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for There Are Four Questions, a Star Trek Spotlight podcast. That felt pretty cool and that's when I, I really really started connecting with star trek when i was actually here and on on the level of creator as opposed to fan so that was where i started getting it was like hey i could do this i remember writing <laughs> i sent this letter to him i wrote to um eric stillwell before i moved to, to los angeles and asked about the the rules for submitting a script and all that stuff and then i had this idea never heard back from him Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for Ladies Trek Library, Women with a Passion for Star Trek Books. One of the reasons I was excited to read this book was because it's called Uhura's Song. And we don't get a lot of books where Uhura is a main character. Um, and she was my favorite character from the original series. So I was excited to see a book about her. And I, and I like how, and I was thinking about the uh, the Broadway play Cats, because they kind of used cat names that, that reminded me of the names in this book. So, and, and this book was written in 85, so it could have been inspired by cats in that way. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.